Welcome to Speak All Evil, the podcast you are warned about. I am Officer Friendly. I'm back with Kevin, Kat, and Dave for episode 21.5, Blue Light Special Part 2. We're talking about cops in horror. Dave, what do you got for us this week? My Blue Light Special film pick this week was a movie called The Killer Inside Me, starring Casey Affleck, playing a uh, corrupt cop, but the whole town's corrupt. It's like this whole thing where... Uh, I would say that they're like digging themselves deeper, but it's more like they're just piling the dirt on top of the other dirt and making a giant mountain that after a while is super obvious. So it's like this, um, it's very much like Hot Fuzz. Um, everyone's covering for everybody and everyone's tr- just trying to keep the perception of the town intact no matter what goes down. And it centers around this, this prostitute played by Jessica Alba. And this prostitute is kind of used as a pawn uh, for all these different intricate plots of revenge. Um, It reminded me a little bit of the Coen Brothers movie Blood Simple. And mixed between that and that that house that Jack built. um, Because of like the internal narrative style of some of it. It reminded me a little bit of the house that Jack built. um, Because the guy on the outside is this like... Casey Affleck, he's got this like high voice and he's like all boyish faced. And the fact that he would be so sinister, um, you know, would escape most people, which is, you know, the, the, the offense of a sociopath. So um, I, I liked his character a lot. I thought I, he played it very well. Yeah, this is, this is a recreation of 50s film noir. And it takes place in the 50s, so it's 50s Texas, and it's, it's very much in that tradition of later movies like Blood Simple do the same thing. They're kind of trying to recreate that noir feel uh, from back then, and I thought it does it really well. Like, it's it's very stylish. I love how it's shot. It's not, um, it's, it's very pleasing to the eye. I loved the wardrobes. I loved the 50s style on everything. I loved the jacket with no badge. He's got this like sleek black jacket and he just has the, the badge on his belt on the side. So so he has to move the jacket over. You know, you don't know he's a cop <laughs> until he, yeah, he's got a 10 gallon hat and you don't know he's a cop until he just moves his jacket. Oh, sheriff's deputy. Hello. <laughs> uh, got the tie clip. Like you said, doesn't wear a gun. I liked all that stuff. It's pretty cool. I'd never seen this before. And this is a rental on most, most platforms you can get this. So it seems like in a lot of these movies of this style that these small town cops can get very, you know, cannibalistic once it comes down to like who is going to take the blame for something that goes down. But the main the main reason that I picked this movie is because this movie stood out because I I started using Jessica Alba as a verb. <laughs> like I would get there's a scene where she gets beaten up in this Mm. Um, it's a legendary gore scene in my opinion um, because you don't really expect it in a drama like this it just comes out of nowhere and a lot of this centers around um, kinks and and abuse and going too far with that it it almost seems like that's a part of um, this corrupt cop this bad deputies thing is that 
he's got this uh, kink as well with this brutality that he got from trauma from spanking his mother. Uh, I think his mother would make her. It was the babysitter. Oh, it was a babysitter. That's not so bad. Yeah, that was. Yeah, was I don't think that would have been pretty great I babysitter. I never had a babysitter I, like I that. I wouldn't have been traumatized at all. That's how oh. all of us. That's how all of us got mother. into horror, right? Uh, no, bad babysitting. The theme of the show. That. Hey, I told you my babysitter's smoking crack. Maybe I should have given him a spanking. Oh my god. Cat, it was the babysitter, right? Are you disputing that that fact? I'm not. I'm just saying let's not let's not. I think beating the babysitter with a leather belt is better than the babysitter beating you with a leather belt. Sure, but let's not go into the oh, what a lucky kid. He was fucking no, brutalized. No, I know, I know. Like, Come on, but I thought it was his mother. I, I thought it was his mother. It, no, it, she no, was too was, hot to be his mom. Ba- it was his babysitter. Kevin, you obviously haven't seen my mother. Kevin, why don't you why don't you bring us back? <laughs> Kevin, you got to take us in. You're going to take us down to the station. All right. I'm pulling you guys over. <laughs> this is paperwork. <laughs> blue, blue lights on you. So this is this is 2010, and Trent, you talked about the way it was filmed. The, the director is Michael Winterbottom, who has a very interesting filmography all over the place. So it makes sense that his movies might be a little uneven. It's adapted from a 1952 novel of the same name by Jim Thompson, who is a legendary pulp writer and noir writer. Stephen King uh, says that he admires Jim Thompson. He has a great quote that says, this guy was over the top. The guy was absolutely over the top. Big Jim didn't know the meaning of the word stop. There are three brave lets inherent in the foregoing. He let himself see everything. He let himself write it down. Then he let himself publish it. And that describes this movie very, very well. It got a lot of flack and was a box office bomb because it is incredibly violent. Dave's referring to it as a it drama. It got a lot of flack? Flack. Uh, a fleck. Oh, got a, a lot. Of well, we we can we can we can get we, we can get into some of the flack that Affleck got too. Yeah, uh, but I, I think it's pronounced Affleck. But the, <clears throat> oh my god, it's Casey Affleck. Casey Affleck. <laughs> Affleck. Cassie, bro. Uh, Cassie Affleck. But the, this movie is incredibly violent. And it got a lot of shit for the violence that Dave already alluded to towards women. And and that particular scene with Jessica Alba is, I don't know if I'd say legendary, but it's certainly one of the more memorable I've seen. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if legendary is yeah. really. <laughs> <laughs> but that's not the only one. Um, but I will agree with Dave that Casey Affleck's performances in this as Lou Ford, the deputy sheriff, is amazing. And again, I have to call out the fact that we started the show by saying we hate voiceovers. But this is another one that I loved. I mean, just in the first, in the opening scene, Casey Affleck, in that wimpy little voice that he has, he has this quote when he's describing the town and the department. He says, out here, if you catch a man with his pants down, you apologize, even if you have to arrest him afterwards. <laughs> yes, I love that. <laughs> and I was like, already I knew I was in for a ride. But I enjoyed this a lot. I, I definitely don't think that what Jim Thompson or Winthrop Bottom was getting at is mindless showing of violence toward towards women. I think there's a big mental health aspect to this movie that I, I think you can easily look past if you get lulled into some of the more slower dramatic scenes or character building scenes, and then you're whipped into just a violent, a violent scene. I think it's easy to sort of miss some of the context and some of the things that they're saying. But I enjoyed this a lot. And again, another great cast. You have Affleck, Alba, Kate Hudson, Bill Pullman, 
Ned Beatty, uh, Elias Kateas. I mean, it's it's a, a lot of really good actors that are playing these really subtle roles. Yeah, I thought Casey Affleck did a great job. I'd have to give him, uh, if, if I could take Daddy of the Week uh, from Cat, <laughs> I'd like to give my Daddy of the Week to Casey Affleck for his great and brutal performance in The Killer Inside Me. Um, What'd you think, Cat? I would like to take that Daddy of the Week and throw it in the trash because Casey Affleck is a trash person. And a trash person? He is. In real life, Casey Affleck sucks hard, especially towards women. Really? Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. You didn't so, know he's canceled? No, I didn't He's know so he was canceled. canceled. Yeah. Well, he can't be. I definitely wouldn't have called him my daddy of the week. I'll, can I have Ben <laughs> Affleck then? Yes, Ben Affleck could be our daddy of the week. All right. His sexual misconduct allegations were from two women on the crew of I'm Still Here. That sort of mockumentary that he did. Fuck, what's the uh, Joaquin Phoenix? Anyway, read into it more. This isn't the forum for it. I'm just, I'm just pulling a trend and saying, let's I mean, not. I feel like. Let's let Kat finish. You know, I think let's we let use finish her own name. That's the biggest insult ever. Like I'm pulling a Trent. You're being so. We can. Well, I usually right wait. Now. I usually wait till the person's done. I try to, and then we can debate the crimes and misdemeanors of <laughs> actors we've never met from ten years ago. Cat, can continue. Carry on, please. I didn't care for this movie very much. <laughs> I knew you wouldn't. I don't know. It's not even the fact that I don't care for Casey Affleck as a human being. I think it was just that I found his character so boring. Like, at least for House That Jack Built, I felt like at least, you know, that serial killer person was interesting in some way. But for some reason, I just couldn't grasp Casey Affleck's fucking whole thing. I don't know. Did the, the violence didn't really bother me that much. I feel like I've seen enough at this point that you know, gruesome attacks on women don't really rile me up like they used to. Um, but that's, that's good. That's healthy. We're desensitizing yeah. you. We are <laughs> officially desensitizing you. Callous. Yeah. But um, I will say the one thing that I liked that stood out to me was the use of like very upbeat 50s music overlaid on terrible things going on. Like shame on you. Yeah. Like that happening. It kept talking about a face in it, and I kept, every, every time the line about the face would come up, it would be like, I would think of Jessica Alba's face. But I have a really interesting fact about that song. Uh, Caitlin actually found this information today when we were shazamming it to find out who did the songs. This guy, Spade Cooley, who murdered his wife. He's a convicted murderer because he caught her cheating on him with Roy Rogers. <gasps> wow. Of the soda fame? Wow. I, I don't know. Is he just a cowboy or a Western singer? There's Spade a drink Cooley named after the, that, the drink's named after the others. <laughs> Spade Cooley was the king of the Western swing. Mm. And he had his big hits for Shame on You and Crazy Cause I Love You. So oh. I mean it wasn't exactly like you couldn't listen to his song lyrics and see that coming a mile away. <laughs> but I thought it's cool that they used a murderer from that era in the movie uh, soundtrack. Mm -hmm. That was interesting. Yeah. See, if, uh, let me just real quick, and I'll, I'll pass it back over, Kevin, but the, the face-beating scene, to me, this, this gets at something that we've been talking about lately because we've seen some pretty extreme stuff. Like you guys mentioned the house that Jack built. We just saw the, uh, a Serbian film. We've seen a lot of pretty hardcore stuff on this show, but 
that is among the most brutal. It's so jarring. It's so sudden and it's so out of context with everything around it. But it's so graphic. It's so unsettling. That's a scene where I, I will laugh at a Serbian film all day, but I was like, oh my, you know, I'm almost Wait, like got my hand over my, yeah, I thought it was. It, I will I, laugh I at a Serbian over... film any day. So yeah. you just said. Well, yeah, Great. you know that. It, this this was so realistic. I mean, even more. I mean, I guess the Serbian film was pretty realistic, but uh, and it's something about when she was saying that she had to get ready to go later. Oh. It was like she had this expectation to like looking forward to something and didn't even know this was going to happen. So after like the first three punches, you're like, well, maybe some makeup. She'll be all right, <laughs> you know. And then <laughs> like maybe she'll be able to continue with her plans and have no. a you know. And then I didn't realize, I mean, I'd seen it before, but I hadn't realized that the first time I'd seen this, that he was going to just go that far. And it just goes so long. Well, I think I think Spose said it really well when we asked about kind of the extremism and the desensitization or maybe just moving you to that next level with a Serbian film. That takes place in a very fantastical world. You know, it's very implausible scenarios it's, it's very goofy the whole thing is very there, goofy. there's two things that the violence in this movie really make it really jarring i think one not a lot of those scenes are shot that way typically what you would see is he would have landed a punch and then most of that would have been off screen or not on her face directly he shoots this mm -hmm. in a way that you literally see in real time this happen and then the other one is the setting that it's in. It's in a very realistic setting. I imagine that the novel probably sets it up even better than Winterbottom does in the movie. That this is a very realistic depiction of these people of West Texas. And you're just not expecting all of a sudden for something like that to happen. So it is like Dave said, it is kind of like a drama. Yeah, he he just delivered he just delivered a whole voiceover about being a gentleman how every, everything in their culture is about being a gentleman and you say, please, no, ma'am, yes, ma'am, thank you, all of this stuff. And then... <laughs> well, and then they have this entire montage of... His, so in the movie, Lou Ford also has a girlfriend. So Jessica Alba is the sex worker on the side and then Kate Hudson is his girlfriend, Amy. And I believe they end up engaged. But there's this huge mm. long montage of how happy they are and all these great things that they're doing. And then literally he just in that again, in that high, creepy voice that he has, he just subtly like kind of fades out, this montage goes away and he says, I knew that I had to kill Amy. And you're like, <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah. Well, but it's it's all part of his plan. Every it's not just totally it's not totally random. He he kills her because his plan has becomes more and more elaborate as it goes on and he keeps getting closer and closer getting caught his plan mm -hmm. has to keep getting more elaborate and, and include more and more brutality and, and violence oh i'm not questioning the the progression i'm just i'm just more uh commenting on the casual way that he says right yeah mm -hmm. he he says yes ma'am no ma'am the same way that he says well i gotta you know cut this dog's head off yeah oh right. yeah i will say i didn't really follow all the elaborate schemes he was going through to like it's pretty convoluted it, it's yeah it was a lot and i feel like i didn't look away from the screen that often but every time i looked up like wait what is he doing now like what is this homeless 
drunkard guy that he's burning with a cigar have to do with anything? I don't know. Well, and to talk about what you're talking about, Trent, his, his scheme, his spiral that he apparently in some way is self-aware of, yet still does not change his behaviors or his demeanors. It also reminds me that keep coming up in some of our our episodes, at least for my mouth, it's very much like a Greek tragedy. Obviously, this is a noir film, but it, it's very similar to Greek tragedy in the sense that in, in this instance, I think in his mind, Casey Affleck is our god who just continues to abuse his powers more and more until it pushes you towards an inevitable tragic and violent end. I thought I I had a hard time following a lot of the plot in this. Mm-hmm. It really made it's it's kind of hard to there's they don't really lay everything out and I liked this movie and I had never seen it before so I was happy to to discover it. But I felt like if you look at the actual plot of everything that's going on with the the Conway the developer guy and um Rothman, the union guy, who whoever that actor is, does a great Bob De Niro. By the way, he's very De Niro, and the <laughs> sheriff. Oh, and all, he, he's probably whole, he's probably best known as Casey Jones in the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle movies. He he does that whole like where he puts <gasps> his head back and does that expressionless. It's so Robert De Niro, but I felt like everyone could have accomplished all the things they wanted to accomplish in much easier, simpler ways that like didn't involve like why is it's his own son and he's why does it have to involve a secret um, black payout and you got various deputies now going out and all this stuff like why did what people wanted to achieve wasn't that complicated i felt like and yet it's made in this whole thing like what is going well, on that's the thing about it that i had to keep checking to see if it wasn't based on a true story because it has so many random turns yeah, yeah, that it seemed yeah. like it must be true. Like, you know, because <laughs> yeah, some random shit point. happens. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's a new cop in the streets, half man, half wolf, pure beast. Patrol the town looking for trouble, man. Stuffing dead bodies in my devil bag. With this curse, I'm a monster. Pissing on five hydrants, foaming at the choppers. A hairy menace with a badge and a gun. Don't bother trying to hide, because there's nowhere you can run from the wolf cop. Yeah, I'm the wolf cop. Don't try to hide from the wolf cop. Yeah, I'm the wolf cop. I'm a motherfucking monster! Okay, so the way that I would kill somebody is I would first turn into a werewolf, and then... No, wait. First, I would join the police department. Then I would make sure I could turn into a werewolf, and then I'd kill a bunch of people. That's why this week... That's a loophole. That's why this week I picked the um, unbelievable 2014 movie by Lowell Dean, Wolf Cop. (laughs) (laughs) Practical effects, once again, practical effects. Oh, yeah, all practical effects on Speak All Evil. I do not need to set this movie up. All I need to do is read you the tagline, which is, here comes the fuzz. No. All you had to say is Wolf Cop. Wolf Cop. Wolf Cop, the end. Yeah. That's <laughs> our review of Wolf Cop. That's the movie. That's the movie. So good. It's, love it. I loved it. Wolf mm-hmm. Cop, the end. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I think my favorite part about the, the – Trent, you already alluded to the fact – in the last episode that this has a lot of puns, a lot of references. So many. The the best of which is the fact that the main character, our cop, our beloved cop, his name is Lugaroo. 
And Lugaroo is French for werewolf. So oh. right off the bat, <laughs> they're, they're not pulling any punches. They're just like putting it right in your face and no shame. Um, I have plenty to say about this, but I'd like to go around the table and see what you guys thought of it. Oh my God, I loved it so much. I thought it was so funny. It was my first movie that I watched for the week and it, I think it set the bar too high for the rest of the films. Um, I think just um, Willie's dialogue alone is just like the greatest thing that happened through the entire movie. Like it's so good. And I think going into it, I was like, what does Wolf Cop mean? Like, it's just going to be a cop who, like, turns into a werewolf and then is, like, like murdering people? Like, oh, no. He's fighting crime while he's a wolf. Like, this is a whole nother level. It just blew me away. I loved it. I would watch it a thousand more times. Um, I pressured Kevin to pick Wolf Cop <laughs> because I wanted to make sure that if we did an episode about the police, that Wolf Cop was in there. Um, I think it's a very slept on horror comedy. If this had come out in the eighties, this would have been one of the biggest horror comedies ever. Um, but yeah, it's just unapologetically uh, ridiculous. And I don't know. They made, there's there's some pretty bad effects and everything, but I I watch it almost totally forgiving all of that stuff just because of like the they're true to 80s schlock the whole time. They never once waver from being that and try to be something else. And I even love how bad the wolf looks. Um, <laughs> it just and his fur is coming out of his like police uniform and. It has all the, it has all like the regular, you know, tropes, the mysterious nights, the the full moon nights that the werewolf doesn't have uh, accounted for in his memory. He has no idea what happened. I like that aspect of of werewolves a lot, and he got into some trouble. Almost had a Serbian film kind of vibe. Yeah, when he was like watching back in the camcorder uh, at what his uh, his friend had gotten from the night before. Yeah, and not only does he, th this was actually, I'd say this is my favorite movie this week. And this is on Shudder. You can watch this on Shudder right now. It seems like it's been on Shudder for a while. I saw it for the first time last year, and I thought it was pretty great, but I didn't remember. I liked it more the second time. I, I love this movie. Yep. It's so good. And it's not, I wouldn't say that it's as smart as Tucker and Dale, but it's pretty close. And not only is the guy fighting crime, while he's dealing with freshly, newly becoming a werewolf, he also is raging alcoholic. There is, <laughs> there is, there is so much drinking in this movie. Mm -hmm. Like it, it's not like a lot of movies. They try to show like a raging alcoholic, and it's not that good. Like, oh, he crushes a can of beer with his hands. He must be an alcoholic. Now, this guy, the first thing he does in the morning is start drinking, and he goes to work. He's on duty. He's drinking. He's got it in the flask. He's got it in the coffee. He's on duty. He stops at the bar in the afternoon to drink a beer and a shot of whiskey on the side, which is how a professional does it. I always know whenever I see a guy in a movie drinking a beer with a shot of whiskey on the side, whoever made this movie knows about 
dive bars and alcoholics, they're not just phoning it in. So I, I appreciate <laughs> it. I appreciate that. I feel like cinema that we've grown up on has made it so that we feel that a cop, a good cop has to be an alcoholic. It's almost our prerequisite because every single cop that solves a case in most movies <laughs> from the 60s until maybe the early 2000s, they were just a crazy alcoholic. I mean, it still happens now in this like noir vibe, but well, this, Pino noir vibe. This reminded yeah. me, have, have, have you guys ever seen uh, the movie Grabbers? Yes. Mm. Irish. Irish, Irish movie. And basically... It's basically an island is being attacked by monsters and the entire population figures out that if you're hammered, the monsters won't come after you. And like this movie reminded me of that, too, where there's a scene where he realizes that he gets this extra strength by being hammered. And like he's in peril. And oh, my God, our hero is going to fall. And he like pulls out the flask and is like, yes, you know, this is my good juice. <laughs> werewolves are like the hulk like don't they like kind of get triggered sometimes and that's what makes them turn into the werewolf like they get angry so it makes sense you have a flask of whiskey it get you all angry but you you if that were the case so you'd have so many werewolves like in the old port going after jealous girlfriends and stuff mm. <laughs> the werewolf the mythology is is kind of inconsistent and every every werewolf movie there's you know the rules are not always the same sometimes i think they can get triggered if it is during the cycle they can get triggered by being angry but that's why everyone in these movies eventually has to go to the library and check out a book on werewolves because every library has a book and if you go get that book it'll tell you all the things that that movie decides our, our legendary uh, werewolf mm -hmm. lore. And they do that in this. And I will say that one of the things I appreciate about this movie, if we want to get into werewolf lore, is that this does not take a traditional, or at least in modern werewolf lore, it doesn't take the traditional approach. This goes back to how when, when the werewolf lore started, and I don't know if it was the 14th or 15th century, it started with a ritual or a curse. Right. Right. And that's sort of how this movie takes it. And then to go all the way back to episode two, our, our witches episode, I didn't realize that it was a thing in Europe back in, 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 in actually it started in Switzerland, that there weren't just witch trials, there were werewolf trials. And there were people being burned and hung because they were being accused of being werewolves when all of this lore started. Uh, if you want to look up one of the, the greatest ever, look up Peter Stump, and that's with two Ps, who was a German farmer accused of being a werewolf. Just look it up. This guy was a fucking nutbag. It's totally worth the read. But it'll also give you a little context on what happened over in, in Europe in basically from the 15th to the 18th century, where there were widespread, not as wide as the witches, obviously, um, people being sought out, tried, and killed for suspected of being werewolves. But to go all the way back, I like the fact that this one takes it back to it's not just a, you got bit by a werewolf or this or that. It's a much more complex ritual that turns him into the werewolf. I feel like a, a, the werewolf aspect, as a criminal, I feel like it makes me feel like that's an advantage 
like it's the cop part that I'm afraid of. <laughs> it's you know like the wolf part. Like maybe you know I'm at one with nature. Maybe we can yeah you know, throw the stick. You go get it or whatever. Play fetch. It's remind me a little bit of the uh, Rob Schneider movie. The Animal, which uh, I was in the soundtrack for that movie. A big shout out to me. Ooh. <laughs> Wasn't that called Party Animal? No, no it, was it was just the called animal. The Animal. The animal. Oh. And he, he gets okay. like superpowers from animals and able, is oh. able to be the super cop. <laughs> but what I like about uh, Wolf Cop, um, if we're going to you know make horror movies and if we're going to not take things seriously or we're going to be you know extreme about things, I like that the Wolf Cop wasn't like hot fuzz he didn't shoot out the chandelier and like non-fatally hurt the person just maim them so he could arrest them this cop is going for blood and it's yeah. una- it's unapologetic they, they, they just they're going for blood he wants to kill people and whether it's his own personal vengeance against you know some people that uh, mistreated him when he was not a werewolf well now you motherfuckers are gonna pay <laughs> and I like this vibe. Uh, it's almost like the maniac cop, but from the perspective of the the cop and not the people trying to find him. No, I think my my favorite character wasn't even Lou Garou. It wasn't even the wolf cop. My favorite character in this movie is Amy Matizio, who plays Sergeant Tina. Tina was the best She's character. So good. And it solidified it for me. So I'm, I'm glad we're getting into this because I think we've glossed over the fact that this movie is funny. It doesn't take itself seriously, but it is gory as fuck. Mm, and there's a scene yeah, yeah. There's a scene where he has one of those nights that Dave talked about where he doesn't remember what happened. And Sergeant Tina is in a bathroom cleaning up a mess. And she picks up somebody's face <laughs> that he ripped off and just puts it over her own and starts making fun of him. Yeah. Like, oh, could Lou, get, <laughs> Lou knock it out of bed today? Like, and I was, and, and it's so grotesque and so obviously very reminiscent of like Texas Chainsaw Massacre. But that, I literally looked at that scene and was like, you will forever be my favorite character in this film. It's very, it's very gory. This is straight up full pedal to the metal horror. There's no qualifications or it's kind of related or it's evil. This is a good old fashioned horror movie. I loved the um I loved the effects. I thought for a for a lower budget practical effects standpoint, this was really good. And no as you know, no a werewolf movie is only as good as the transformation scenes. That's always the thing about werewolf movies, like how good are the transformations? This is the first and only that I've ever seen penis change. They show you the penis, the full penis of the guy changing into a werewolf penis to kick it off. That's right in the mm. first transformation scene. I love, I love that. <laughs> While we're talking about penises, I'd love to talk about the five-minute sex scene <laughs> that they have <laughs> between werewolf wolf, sex, were, wolf and woman. Yeah, um, werewolf sex. Oh my god, that was very graphic, but also very sexy. Mm. You know, mm. it's very tantalizing. So there was a there was a penis biting scene in the last movie that we didn't bring up in the the killer inside me. I oh what? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Wait. you slept with a prostitute. Let's oh, make and she love. Bites, she bites and then penis. she bites him in the dick. It's a it's a bait and switch, master bait and switch, and she bites him 
Right on the penis. There was also, we didn't mention the penis biting in a Serbian film. So just to my point, well, just to even back to me up. Stop penis biting. bringing up a Serbian Cat. film. I only, <laughs> it's not about that. If you can listen. I just, I, I always say that, I always say that penis biting is a big thing in horror. And so here we have three weeks in a row, penis biting. When did, I really don't remember the penis biting from A Killer Inside Me. That's interesting. When he told his wife uh, about his Oh, when she's like, I smell him on you. Or yeah, and then she uh, immediately just starts hitting on him uh, like right after, but it's uh, it's a trap so she could bite him in the dick and yell at him. Smart. So yeah, there's hot werewolf uh, on human sex in this one. I love yeah. it. Unabashed. We saw, that in, we saw that in Dracula, Bram Stoker's Dracula. Oh, yes. Right. Man, we really bring up a lot of the same themes. Kat, would you sleep with a werewolf? Yes. If you were single? You yeah, would. I mean, sure. If he's, you know, if he's Jimmy's built. Pretty, huh? Jimmy's pretty hairy. Jimmy's pretty Jimmy, hairy. I do, I you know, he's Jimmy's guy. got the hair on him. I would say. He's very uh, werewolf So you would fuck a dog? I didn't say that. Listen, a let's werewolf not... and a dog are very similar. But, but apparently not because of the penis. Because of the penis. The werewolf uh, is way different. The penis yeah, transformation. Yeah, the, the dogs have the little red rocket. Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god! I'm not gonna fuck a dog. Please red don't rocket. start this. <laughs> Yum. Oh, well, no. I mean, no one even a- no one asked me. I, would you I fuck would, a dog? I yes. would too. Yeah, <laughs> it's past cat's bedtime. Let's keep in mind that we made <laughs> this is this is a late one. This is like our midnight driving episode. I, I, I would have sex with a werewolf, definitely an alien, um, vampire. I mean, as long as it was, you know, I'd have to work something out with my life partner and be like, uh, sure. "What do you th- say about eternal life partners? <laughs> let's get let's get vampired by this this girl." So the kill the 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 cop in this one his name is Lou, that was the name of the cop in A Killer Inside Me, mm-hmm. and the cops oh. in both of those movies and in Hot Fuzz haven't fired their gun in years. Good for them. And we didn't know that when we picked them. That's just how it works. And out. also, this is yet another movie that I don't think we've touched on where there is a full town conspiracy. Yeah. Yeah, this isn't just a wolf going nuts. Yeah. He's got to get to the bottom of a full town conspiracy. And and the thing, the, another thing with this movie is the cast is also fantastic. I know I keep saying that, but did you guys recognize Jesse Moss is in this? He plays the gang leader. Mm-hmm. Do you guys recognize him from the greatest horror comedy maybe of all time? Yes. He's the psycho kid from Tucker and Dale versus Evil. Oh, right. But he's got a cool teardrop tattoo now. Isn't so he in tough. like Dead Girl? Isn't he in Dead Girl too? Uh, he's in fi- one of the Final Destination movies. He's actually Lowell Dean has a movie that's free on Prime. That's his first feature called Thirteen Eerie, that I went and watched. It's not a great movie, but it, it's it's worth it. It's worth a watch because it's free on Prime. It's it's his take on like a zombie. Um, he's in that. Catherine Isabel's in that. Uh, Brendan Fletcher, who is both he and Catherine Isabel are in Freddy vs. Jason, Brendan Fair from Final Destination. It's got a good cast. It's it's Lowell Dean's first movie. It's it's worth a spin through. It's there's worse ways to spend 90 minutes of your life, but Jesse Moss is in that as well. I've never seen I've never seen a werewolf uh, spray someone with their urine. That happens in this movie, wouldn't 
when the yes. kids are spray painting and he's in full wolf mode and he comes up and he just douses the kid in, in urine. That's really good. He marks him. I guess you would say he's marking the kid. <laughs> That, you know, that's I, I feel like a, a lot of the tropes of the people that own dogs, you see a lot of these similarities in the werewolf. That's why I brought up the whole thing about the werewolf being sexy, but the dog's not. Mm. Yeah, his friend has to follow him around with little plastic bags and pick up his poop. They should have that in a werewolf movie, having to clean up after the werewolf. Oh, and there's the there's where they when they go and pimp out his car. I love seeing the werewolf like with his ingenuity skills with the <laughs> saws and like welding and stuff. But the oh. name of the auto body shop is Styles Auto Body. Michael J. Fox's best friend in Teen Wolf is named Styles. Oh, oh wow, that's oh, deep wow. cut. This is like like Hot Fuzz, the puns in this movie are out of yes. control. Right out of the gate, you you can't even catch them all. Drink and shoot. Also, also great soundtrack. This this movie I thought had a great soundtrack. The music is awesome. Yeah, uh, when we were watching it, Caitlin was like, "Yeah, this music just makes me wanna," and then she never said what. <laughs> but I think I understand. Fuck a wolf. <laughs> Yeah, it's probably what it was. It's probably fuck a werewolf, and she didn't want to finish her sentence. Damn. It's a slippery slope. Classy. These werewolves, these, these vampires, these cops. So if you guys, uh, you guys are driving in your car, I'm sure at any given point, any of us are committing at least one crime. So you got one crime you're committing. You have to get pulled over. Which cop from the last two weeks would you like to have pull you over i think i know your answer cat it's wolf cop (laughs) (laughs) i I, I want sergeant sergeant angel yeah yeah i would too no why because he's the most like he's the only one's not gonna kill you yeah he's not gonna (laughs) but he's definitely gonna give you a ticket he's not gonna give you a warning you're getting a ticket a ticket's fine getting fucked by a wolf isn't (laughs) (laughs) i'd want butterman oh Oh, butterman yeah butterman Butterman would just tell you to get like hand hand him hand him the beer you're currently drinking (laughs) and be like follow me to the pub but no make you doubt it Hey, you finish that, you're gonna, you're gonna <laughs> can't have an open container. Like, finish that thing. 2432, 